Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to series three of the Deliciously Stellar podcast. My name is Bella Younger and I run the Instagram account Deliciously Stellar. I woke up the other day and I realised that I'm going to be 30 this year. Now, I don't think I'm very good at being an adult, so I have managed to rope in my old chum, Flick, who's known me since I was 13 years old, so we can look back at what we have or haven't learned in what we are now calling... Deliciously stellar, none the wiser. So each week, Flick and I are going to be looking at a different topic. This week, we're going to be talking about holidays, or as Flick likes to call it, Do you want to see my white pits? <laughs> so on the path to adulthood, I feel like there's some sort of holidaying stages. So there's your first holidays you go on with your parents. Mm-hmm. Then there's your first holidays without your parents, holidaying with other halves, group holidays, extended travelling, and then, well, if you're me, you come full circle and you're back on holiday with your parents again. Yeah, same, I'm already packed and ready. It's happening in about a week. I don't think that I was actually really ever built to go on holiday. I'm just not very good at it. I I find it very hard to relax and I, I hate the beach more than anywhere on earth like I hate sand I think all beaches should be tarmacked I'm afraid of all (laughs) things that live in the sea like nothing for me is worse than sitting on a giant pile of ground up rocks with sand in your gusset I just look disgusting in my mind I'm always like god you're gonna look like Carly Kloss you're gonna be reclining on a rock you're gonna be an absolute babe and then in reality I look like Ursula the Sea Witch writ large I'm absolutely rank you say that Belle but that is not the memory I have of you in Cornwall you were loving life Yeah, so Flick and I actually went on our first holiday without our parents together. And Flick was staying in a pub called The Oyster Catcher and she wore a T-shirt that said, Catch us in the oyster. And proud. And I was staying in a house and I wore a hoodie that had my phone number down the arm. Now, I've been prank called for the past 10 years because of that stupid hoodie. Why I've not changed my phone number, I don't know. But I don't know what they thought would happen, that someone would sort of see me across the sand dunes and be like, oh, I'll give Heath Ledger a call. I found my diary from that holiday, and I have to say it's one of the times I really floated out of my body, looked down and felt sorry for myself, because what I'd done was I'd drawn out a family tree, but it was all the boys that we'd met and the group of girls we were with, so it was like Izzy and Jack, Lulu and James, Flick and Ed, except for, bless me, mine was a lie. I wasn't with Ed. In fact, I was the one that the boys confided in about who they fancied, and at the time I thought that was flattering. In hindsight, it's because I was the only one that wasn't fancied by any of them. But then I actually lied, obviously when I got home, would have lied to my family, but I lied to myself in the diary to make myself feel better about the fact that I absolutely used to sit by myself listening to uh, Christina Aguilera, You're Beautiful. But now, with hindsight, as we close in on 30, are you not grateful that you've not been finger-banged by Spencer Matthews on the beach? Well, I'd say that, but I just got a sort of 
downgrade of Spencer Matthews. So the event still happened, didn't it? Just with a with a shoddier version. Um, so I th- I think we're both in the same sort of situation in that I I don't feel like I've quite reached adulthood because I'm going on holiday with my family this year. Where are you off to? Um, I'm I'm going to Mallorca with my parents. Obviously, my sister's bringing her boyfriend. Um, I've been allowed to bring a friend because so I'm you know I'm not alone and don't feel like a sort of tragic spinster wandering the beach. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm the same. I think I said last time that my attempt to woo a man into coming to Ibiza with my family in a couple of weeks has failed massively. And we're now at the stage where my mum, with just a hint of pity in her voice, was like, no, darling, we don't think it's weird if you just bring a friend and we'll buy their ticket and everything. So desperate they are that I'm not flying solo. I actually, um, I once went on a family holiday where it was just me. I'm one of four, but my parents, when I finished university, were like, you know, we'll give Bella a treat and we'll take her with us to Morocco. And I was like, this is going to be great. So my mum has booked this hotel on the internet and she's so excited. She was like, darling, it is five star. It's going to be glorious. I've got such a good deal. We arrive in the middle of the night and we get in a car and we drive an hour outside of Marrakesh. When we get to the hotel they make us put wristbands on. My mum refuses to put one on. We then go to our hotel room and we've been left dinner, which is a sort of sweating piece of chicken under some cling film. There was a cockroach in my loo. Mum has an absolute shit fit. So we hit the bar thinking the only way to get through this is to get really, really hammered. They don't have any gin. My mum's absolutely furious. Yeah, Sal can't be without her gin. She can't be without her gin. They do have vodka, but they don't have any tonic. So we settle for a vodka orange. An, a vodka orange squash later, sort of half of Club 18 to 30 start line dancing. I think that my mum's actually about to cry. My dad's like, no, 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 we'll make the best of a bad situation. At least it'll be gorgeous. We're in Morocco. It'll be sunny. We'll be by a pool. It can't be that bad. The next day, we go to the pool. It's basically an amphitheatre. It looks like <laughs> Shamu is going to jump out of it at any moment. <laughs> and then as we lie down and close our eyes, hoping for the best, we hear... Poker face, poker face, (laughs) over on this giant speaker, and all of these old ladies get into the pool and start doing water aerobics. No, and then it gets worse. So my dad, at this point, has an absolute fit. Calls a travel agent and is like, "Get me out of here! I don't care where we go. Just get me out of this place." So we get moved to this amazing Riyadh, but they only have one bedroom, so I have to share a room with my parents. Oh, how luxy. So obviously, I'm not really built for the sun, so I immediately get such bad sunstroke that I'm bedridden. So I have to, like, crawl into my parents' bed while they go off to the belly dancing restaurant I really wanted to go to by themselves. Speaking of Marrakesh, the last family holiday that I went on, my mum, she really likes us to blend. So she had packed kindly for um, all three of us girls what she thought was traditional Moroccan wear. Now, my sisters both had absolutely no problem because they're strong, independent women. So absolutely told her where to go and did not wear the garbs. Me, on the other hand, I was alone and was cajoled into doing it. So when we took a visit to the souk, it turns out that Moroccan teenagers wear jeans and t-shirts and Juliette Rhys-Jones, white, English and freckled, should not wear a full-on sari. Where did she buy the sari? Did she buy it when you were away? Had she bought it before? I don't know. I mean, it really is her thing. When we went on safari, she actually packed everything camouflage for us. Even though, you know, I don't think it's going to fool anyone. We're not trying to hide from the animals. We're just, we're just enjoying the trip. I even got a camouflage wash bag. I went on safari once and my dad's a little bit blind 
And um, we were sort of on animal spotting duty and dad kept going, oh my God, I've seen a cheetah. And our guide would be like, good spot, Charlie. Um, That's a domestic dog. (laughs) At one point he went, oh my goodness, I've seen an elephant. He goes, yes, Charlie, that's a road sign. What is it with dads and the roadness? I remember going on safari and... You know, there was the giant leopard that hadn't been seen in two years, and we're all gazing at that. And Dad's like, stop it. Have you ever seen a stick insect this big? (laughs) Come on, Big D. Live a little. Okay, so obviously those are some of our disastrous family holidays. But, Bella, what about boyfriend holidays? Yeah, I mean... I did once, I went out with a boy and he invited me on holiday within about a month of seeing each other and it was for my birthday and we went to Berlin and we sort of got there and realised that we didn't actually know each other that well and we went to a sex shop and we got in there and I immediately started having a panic attack. As you would. It was so awkward, I just started sweating, I was like, get me out of here. I think my worst boyfriend holiday, which, safe to say, pretty much ended the relationship, was yet again set in the foothills of the Moroccan mountains. Mm. It's a caveat here, I'm never going back to Morocco ever again. <laughs> Three times, nothing good has ever happened. Um, so we went a couple of days ahead of his gang of lad friends that were coming too. Um, and I am, as you know, I like to go for the floaty, floaty look on holidays. Uh, but of course, two days in, sun cream in the eye, got an eye infection, misread the menu and ordered uh, a squid tagine. I don't think I have to <laughs> even explain that in any more detail, except for it was a horrendous mistake. <laughs> um, so you can imagine by day three what I was looking and feeling like. And it was just as I sort of hurled a bit more water out. That's a bit too much information, but we'll go with it. Uh, that off a flight came his entourage of lads. And what I turned out was not his female friends, but actually a group of Abercrombie models that they had recruited for the holiday, along with, and I'm not joking, a sort of day-by-day menu of what the girls should wear. So there was white night, exotic night, vodka night, One, and I'm not saying I've got on board with these outfits, but no one told me. So I was there in those awful fisherman trousers that you buy when you're too fat on your gap year to wear proper jeans. (laughs) So I had them in all the colours, whereas all the other girls were in full-on kind of white backless leotards with stilettos. So much so that they even uh, had bought shoes and hair ties and painted their nails according to what bikini they were wearing. Tottering round in heels around a pool, Bella, I have never missed you more. After eight days of being there, they didn't know my name because they were too busy at Nikki Beach spraying giant magnums of champagne on each other. Who are you going out with, P. Diddy? I can't even tell you, but you know who he is when I say that he had monogrammed loafers. He was very handsome. Yeah, he was very (laughs) handsome. That was just about it. The wind was whistling through his ears, though, let's be honest. Yeah, dreadful. And I think to top it all off, when we got to the airport, I gave my ticket you know, literally never been more excited to go back to work. And the woman looked down, he'd already just had his bags gone through and everything. And she goes, oh, sorry, your flight was yesterday, madam. And I was like, well, no, that's an impossibility. Mm, no, your flight was yesterday. Okay, so, so, so what do I do? He starts laughing. And I remember he was drinking a tango, which I really judged him for, because what a rogue drink to buy when you're like an adult man in an airport. And I called my dad And it turned out that I had to borrow £800 just to get on to the flight at the very last minute, uh, which had already cost me the whole trip, it cost me so much. 
Uh, and I think about three weeks later, that relationship was history. Yeah, you see, you know, I've had some bad experiences in airports. As Flick knows, when I was a bit younger, I was a real rather, as in like a, a raw who loves to rave. And I, I went had this summer where I went to sort of every festival going. And I went to this festival in Croatia, and I decided that in order to earn my keep while I was there, I was going to sell laughing gas. This is when it was legal. So entrepreneurial, Bella. I'm so entrepreneurial. And I, I packed sort of... 12 boxes of nitrous oxide in my suitcase, got on the plane, checked in my bag, thought nothing of it, got out onto the runway, and my bag was on the runway. This man was like, madam, is this your bag? I was like, yes. And he was like, you know, is there compressed gas in there? I was like, oh, Christ. So in front of the entire plane, which has been grounded while this happens, I have to unpack my bag with all these boxes of nitrous oxide that get confiscated from me. And when I get onto the plane, everybody cheers. Oh my God, you were a drugs mule. I was essentially a drugs mule. So my absolute worst thing is when someone refers to their holidays as their holly bobs. Just going off on holly bobs. Oh, you're back from your holly bobs. What on earth is holly bobs? Yeah, holly bobs is absolutely vile. The only one that's arguably worse is annual leave. Out of offices, especially in the kind of jobs that I've done, are the most criminal things I've ever seen. It's either that bizarrely formal apologies that I haven't responded to your email. I'm on annual leave. No one calls it that ever. But the one that is worse than that is when you get the quirky boss. I saw one the other day that bounced back going, thanks for your email. I'm actually chopping logs in Cornwall. So over the sound of the chainsaw, I won't hear my email beep. You know, that kind of quirky fun. No one needs that either. Oh, so cringe. Such a kook. Nothing worse than a kookster. I actually, I really hate the term annual leave. For me, it sounds like a sort of euphemism, a bit like when people say all the painters are in. You're on your period, love, all right? One of the things that I think has definitely stunted us, Belle, and one of the reasons we are none the wiser, wouldn't you agree, is our foreign exchange courses that we were forced to go on by our dear parents. I mean, I went on them every summer from 13 to... 21? Yeah, no, you were obsessed. I mean, I only ever went on one. I went on a foreign exchange to Spain and I told the dad that I was really scared of fish and he thought it was really hilarious to then chase me around the house with a longestine. You know, they were making a paella for dinner and he chased me into a corner and I was just there crying while he thrust this prawn at me. And I called my mum and I was like, I have to come home right now. The girl then came back to my parents' house and she stayed for two weeks. Yeah, I don't get that. I mean, I didn't even really invite people that I liked around to my house, but it's okay to just have a complete stranger from the other side of the world come around and live with you as part of your family. Bizarre. My worst language exchange was probably in France and I was going for three and a half months because you know why do a normal week or so and as my mum always used to do the liar when I was in tears at terminal one of Gatwick she'd go if it's really bad after two weeks you can come home but just give it two weeks so off I go all of the other students on the language course were living in a kind of quite cool residency so it could be looked at as you know we're in Montpellier south of France and they all got to know each other my parents didn't think that was immersive enough So I had to live for three and a half months with a 90-year-old woman who was a widow and had kept her dead son's bedroom free to rent out to weird, unsuspecting people like me. And his stuff was still in the room. So when everyone else left the course at the end of the day to go and, you know, get a bit drunk and hang out, I had to go back to Madame and sit in the dead boy's room until I'd hear this faint knock on the door and I'd hear, Juliette, c'est le dîner. 
à table. And I'd have to spend an hour watching this toothless old hag speak to me in French and mange her dinner. Awful. So I didn't do this, but Flick, you took a gap year, didn't you? Yeah, full nine months. Full nine months? I think so. Maybe seven. Seemed like nine. See, I tried to go travelling once and I went to Thailand and I came home after about three weeks because I just couldn't bear it. Yeah, I had three months in an orphanage, which was lovely, and then carried on travelling up India, which looking back was hilarious. But also I think it's that funny thing that at 18, you're a bit fearless and everything's funny. Whereas if it happened now, I would definitely have filed many a police report. I remember Amelia and I, the girl that I was, friend that I was travelling with, we stopped at a bus station in one of those awful buses that had been going for about two days. And she was sitting next to me and there was a slight gap between the chairs of the bus. And as we're talking, a tiny penis just comes through the gap. <laughs> And we look behind us and it's this small, withered Indian man and he just goes, Auntie, please, one gentle fucking. (laughs) And then carried on staring at us. Amelia, being the braver of the two of us, just bashed it out of the way. But then we just moved seats and we thought it was really funny. Similar thing happened when we stayed in a really grotty hotel that was called the Pink Palace and woke up in the night and there was the, uh, the man that had been on reception just at the end of our bed. Again, quite harmless, but just looking at us, auntie, auntie, auntie. I mean, now, terrifying. At the time, just a lol. There was a man at the foot of your bed, and yeah. you didn't think that was the most terrifying thing that had ever happened in your life. But he was so small and childlike, it was just funny. So that's all from us this week. Next week, Flick and I will be back from annual leave, and we'll be looking at the world of work. If you're enjoying the new series of the podcast, please do subscribe. You can find us on iTunes or Acast. Or if you want to get in touch directly, you can email me at deliciouslystella at gmail.com or find me on Instagram at deliciouslystella. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>